The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Lawrence took a peek downfield, had a lot of room, and breaks a tackle, and is still running. Lawrence in a foot race. Will they catch him? Touchdown, Tigers! Wow! A game-changing play. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast. We return for the final edition of the Hurry Up Hot Seat. I am Barton Simmons. He is Tom Fernelli. On the stand today, your favorite ACC homer, Chip Patterson. Here to defend the big bad wolf in college football, the villain, our favorite villain, Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers. Mr. Patterson, have a seat. Let us know why Clemson should be ranked as the number one team in the country in the preseason. Because it's the best Clemson team of all time. Like, you let Dabo mess around and win not conference championships, but national championships with, you know, pretty good teams. You know, they had they would have a Christian Wilkins, you know, a splash signing here or there, some some good headliners, but I mean they also came up with uh, national championships thanks to some three and four stars from Conway, South Carolina. You know, they they are right now with this roster as talented as Clemson football has ever been. And now you're gonna say that uh, they're not going to continue to compete for national championships. I I think that with Trevor Lawrence, a generational talent at quarterback, and I think that with some of the particularly defensive line depth, I think that particularly with the running back room uh, and a wide receiver room that honestly, one of the biggest issues I have with this team is just not knowing who's going to get all the receptions out there. So, you know, this is the most talented Clemson team that we have seen. And if Clemson's going to prove to be competing for national championships with less talented teams than they deserve with Lawrence at quarterback to start the year at number one. Trevor Lawrence, he is he's quite good, isn't he, sir? Yes. Now he he enters the season probably, you know, there's all this talk about him. He is the Heisman favorite. He is, if you look at any early mock drafts, he's the player that everybody has going number one to whichever NFL team is lucky enough to be horrible enough to get the chance to draft him. We saw last year 
as he entered his sophomore season, coming off an amazing freshman season, which, you know, he won a national title. He devastated both Notre Dame and Alabama in the playoff. Got came kind of, you know, he became Mr. BMOC. As he entered 2019, he was kind of sluggish. You know, it's there he wasn't playing to his fullest capabilities before he finally turned it on later in the season and became the guy that we thought we were going to see. Do you have any concern heading into 2020 with so much pressure on him to be the Heisman, to be the number one NFL draft pick? Are you worried at all that it could lead to maybe some subpar performances now that the entire world is going to be picking him apart play by play, not just because of the Heisman, but because now NFL fans are going to be paying attention too because he is the guy everyone's tanking for? I don't think that he is going to feel the pressure of the NFL draft hype or of the Heisman Trophy hype because I think that that's what he experienced last year, and I think that even within Clemson, they acknowledged that or at least agreed that him trying a little too hard and him trying to you know, be the perfect version of a quarterback, with him trying to recreate the 44-16 to win against Alabama in the national championship game, that that was creating some issues. On a more sympathetic note, if my wide receivers were that tall and that fast and that good, I'd throw a lot of jump balls too. So, you know, he's just out here playing the odds, knowing that they've got an elite defense, then they're probably going to get the ball back. And if he throws 1.5 interceptions per game, Clemson, there's only very few games on Clemson's schedule where even if he throws an interception or two, uh, they're going to be at the risk of losing. Now, you know, like North Carolina game, hello, there are those uh, spots on the schedule. But I think that I'm more interested, not with how Trevor Lawrence deals with the Heisman Trophy hype, the NFL draft hype, but how he comes back after losing for the first time as a college starter, because he was 25 and 0 until that national championship game. And by statistics, by my own eyes and by my own judgment, that was the worst game that he's played as a starting quarterback. And it stinks to have your worst game as a college starter be on the biggest stage and the biggest game of the season. You know, when the program is riding a 29-game win streak, you've won 25 straight games to start your college career. So probably more than the number one overall pick, I'm more interested about how Trevor Lawrence responds to the first loss that he's ever had to take as a Clemson quarterback. And for that, not just to be a game where he was heroic in defeat, but knowing that his performance played a role in that loss. Well... I think that as we look at this this team, I get, I don't want to make it all about Trevor Lawrence. And I acknowledge that there is good players coming back at the skill positions. And you know what? Probably this Clemson offense will just keep on clicking per usual. But let's go to the defense. Brent Venables makes a lot of money for a reason. And I know he's a good coordinator. But number one. That's what we're talking about here. Number one. So the number one team in the country, are we confident enough in a team that had to sort of kind of piece together this unit to hide some of their deficiencies on the defensive line last year? They had to sort of scheme their entire defense around the playmaker and Isaiah Simmons. Uh, They lose a couple other early round picks out of their secondary. uh, Are, are, you know, can we have confidence that this defense 
isn't good enough just to get through the ACC, and that's not that, that is that's not a bar that we are really worried about holding anyone to. It's about when they do play Alabama, when they do play Ohio State, are we confident, Chip? That yeah, this and is it, a defense that can win those games. It, it's a it's a throwback to other editions of the Brent Venables defense that instead of having to scheme around deficiencies on the defensive line, this instead gets to be a group as like we've seen before where it leads with the defensive line and that really frees the linebackers and the secondary up to to play within the scheme and, and to try and mix and match some stuff and and to maybe try and confuse opposing quarterbacks to to be able to create some some game changing plays um, you know interceptions deflections create some turnovers out there because I look at the de- defensive line this year as being a real strength now that means that for example Xavier Thomas needs to stay healthy like and out of the doghouse he needs to be able to be a real difference maker because there was the assumption that was coming last year it didn't quite deliver now I'm willing to take one year and say okay well maybe it comes back that depends a lot on Xavier Thomas but goodness gracious I thought that near the end of the season Tyler Davis was playing really well on the interior of that defensive line we should see KJ Henry this year and then I I really think Brian Percy is going to be out there uh, if he's not a starter, he is going to be a regular rotation player. And you look at those names sort of as the core with about three or four others that are all going to see major time. And I just think that Clemson has so much size, strength, talent, and depth along the defensive line that that will help um, that will help balance out. What I do acknowledge is uh, in the secondary, for example, outside of Darion Kendrick, yeah, you, you might get a little bit of a drop-off. Nolan Turner, great pick in the end zone in the Fiesta Bowl. Great story. He's been a long-time you know, Clemson football guy. But if, you've, if your back seven is made up of six great Clemson football guys, well, then you might lose in the college football playoff. But I think that they are elite up front. I think they are deep up front. And defensively, that's why I don't have much concern about it. I want to flip back to the other side of the ball and, like, I don't want to talk about Trevor Lawrence. I want to talk about the guy that Trevor Lawrence hands the ball off to occasionally. The surprise, Travis Etienne had a huge season last year. He came back, kind of, you know, surprised many. He could have gone to the NFL. He chose to come back for another season and play another year in college. And before I get to the question, I want to bring up one little stat just for our listeners to kind of maybe give an idea of who Travis Etienne is. Of running backs last year to have at least 100 carries, he had a broken tackle rate, according to Sports Info Solutions, of forty-one and a half percent, which is as, as like ridiculously high. It was a full five and a half percent higher than anybody else in the country. That's who he is. So, I want to know from you, Chip: Does Travis Etienne get nearly enough credit for the kind of player he is, or is Trevor Lawrence, you know, soaking up a little too much of the spotlight here? The ACC's coaches know what's up. Because Travis Etienne has been named the player of the year, like the overall, not just offensive, but the ACC player of the year for each of the last two seasons. He averaged 8.1 yards per carry in 2018, and he averaged 7.8 yards per carry in 2019. And yet when it comes to things like the Doak Walker Award or First Team All-America honors, Etienne is often overlooked 
because he doesn't have this mass total of carries to be able to build out a mass total of yards. He's got ACC uh, scoring and touchdown records that he's been breaking, formerly held by James Conner. He's going to continue to pad his lead there. But I hope that this year we recognize Travis Etienne as the best running back in college football because I think he's been one of the best running backs in college football. He's just getting penalized for these – 12 carry 140 yard three touchdown performances that have him sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter but that time rested in the fourth quarter is yet another reason to believe in Travis Etienne his role in this offense what he can be for the Tigers and the fact that he's still going to be very very healthy very productive and a lot left in the tank as they try to make it back to the college football playoff for a sixth straight season. All right, so my final question for you, you segued nicely into it. So they, this will be – you're saying this will be their sixth straight college football playoff? Yeah. So, okay. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but is yes, that? it is. But I'm not sure whether that's a, a testament to Clemson's strength or a testament to the ACC's weakness. So is, like, is there a world in which Clemson doesn't make the playoffs this year? Yes, and that world... What does that world look like? That world exists because the ACC does not have another team that can appear to be Clemson's rival. And even if it's not appear to be, but in the SEC, Alabama has Georgia, uh, not to mention LSU and Florida as well. In the Big Ten, Ohio State has Penn State. And if you want to stretch it out, let's just leave it at Penn State. Um, You know, they are dealing with thin margins for error without having that foil within their own league. I think that there are potential, um, you know, Mike Norvell at Florida State. I think that we could see that start to change the narrative just a little bit. I don't know if we see anyone from the ACC's Coastal Division really rise up, but because the ACC does not have another one of those top 10, you know, and when I say preseason top 10, that's as much about perception as anything else. But because there's not another preseason top 10 team in in the, the whole sort of ACC landscape, then it is going to be perceived as weaker. And because of that, Clemson cannot afford uh, a single loss in conference play without all of a sudden starting to create a difficult situation. Because if the Clemson Tigers have one loss – then they are going to be one of the first teams that the conversation is going to be trying to push out to the outside of the picture. And I'm not going Dabo Sweeney, Roy Buss, and I'm not going uh, everyone else is against us, but I do think that a one-loss ACC champion is going to end up on the outside against a one-loss SEC champion, against a one-loss Big Ten champion, and maybe even against a one-loss Big 12 champion that the best way that Clemson can take care of business is going to be by winning every one of its ACC games. I think the Tigers could afford a loss at Notre Dame, but then again, in that case, they would need a lot of help with other teams losing as well. Mr. Fernelli, any more questions for the witness? So based on what you're saying, then you're here, here right now saying that Clemson's going undefeated in the regular season yet again. No, I said that they could lose at Notre Dame. I consider that game to be a toss-up. I do not... I'm not asking for could, sir. I'm asking what is Clemson's record going to be in 2020? Oh, 12-0. Yeah. 
See? So I guess my question was correct, wasn't it? Yes, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One, I forgot which number it was, but now that the Hurry Up Hot Seat series has concluded, I got to ask, Barton Simmons, were you standing and pacing for all of these episodes? Um, I know you did for one because you accidentally cut your Skype camera on as we were recording our uh, hurry up hot seat and you had your, your hands pressed together. You were pacing back and forth. You were method acting. You were speaking to the jury. (laughs) It was awesome. It's called method acting that you guys are not committed enough to the job. If you're not getting into it like that, you know? So Lewis over here. (laughs) So that's what we saw. So listeners imagine if you want to go back and listen to all the hurry ups, I only saw it for one of them, but just imagine that every single time Barton's holding court in the courtroom. It's called being infested. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, well, Chip, I'll let you take it away. Close this out. He is Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. He is Tom Fennell. You can follow him at Tom Fennell. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com.